0: It's Lillard, he got the shot off. the right and the Blazers win the series! Durant, the scoring champ from the top.
1: This is the Limitless Range Podcast. I am your host, Corey Chandler. I'm sitting down with my co-host, as usual, PD Podlo. What's up, what's up? Also sitting down in the room with our producer, Dougie Fresh. As usual, you can get to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at one Limitless Range. You can also get to our website directly, LimitlessRangePodcast.com, or you can reach us by phone at 360-356-1699. All right, fellas, back after a good week of basketball, which we predicted last week. Uh, my voice is kind of coming back to me, as I told the listeners, I would uh, I would find a way to go to a Portland game. So I was at Game Three, the quadruple overtime. So my voice is uh, a little gone. You'll have to bear with me. But what about you guys? How's your week been, Doug? It's
2: great. Yeah, yeah, it's been going real well. I mean, I don't get to go to NBA games or anything go, cool go, go, like go, that. Go, go. <laughs> Anyways, enough of Doug. What about Petey Pod? How's it going, my man? Doing good, bro. Doing
1: good. Just chilling. Enjoying life. Can't complain. That's what's up.
2: That's what's up. But what do we we got in store today, Dougie? Well, of course, I mean, we're going to talk about the game that you went to and also the rest of the playoffs. What I really wanted to start off with, I'm sure we all want to talk about the Warriors game that just happened. We're recording this on a Sunday, but of course, the Warriors lose to the Rockets in overtime, Steph Curry totally fell apart. Seemed like there's a lot of lot of issues in this game. Um, and, of course, like usual, I want to know Pete's opinion on what happened. Me too. But, yeah. Well, what's going on with the Warriors?
0: <laughs> I mean, bro, is, is... Katie's the best player in the world.
1: That's That's, that's their facts. problem.
0: That no, it's problem. just... Yeah. He's masked the decline. Yeah. He's masked a lot of the... The gap... Between like the Rockets and the Warriors, and a lot of the teams that I heard something a while back where they were saying, like, the Warriors were basically, you know, they were basically ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. So they were averaging like the most three point shot attempts in the NBA, you know, before KD got there. They were, you know, that run they had. Right. And they were, you know, their style of play was just different than everybody else's. Right. Well, now everyone's doing that. Portland's doing that. The Rockets are doing that. And we would have seen the gap close, and we would have seen, like, maybe Portland upset the Warriors or some team like that. But when you add the best player on the planet, it masks that. So everyone thinks, like, oh, they're still the 73-win Warriors with Katie, No, they're not. They're not mm-hmm. that team anymore. And people will see if Katie leaves that they're – I guarantee you, they're not the 73-win Warriors. They'd get beat with that roster right now. I mean – Unless they had like Kawhi Leonard or something, they'd get beat by a lot of teams. Portland, they would probably lose to Portland. They would they would rip city. I guarantee they'd lose to Houston. You yeah. guys are you know, if they didn't have Durant, they'd be down 03 in this series. You know what I mean? Like so there's a lot of fact. Last year they would have lost for sure without KD.
2: Yeah.
0: And you could argue the year before that the Cavalier the Cavaliers figured out the formula to beating them when That's they right. ran you know, ran three in a row. Coming My, back,
1: down 3-1. Well, I know you talk a lot about <clears throat> one of the things that teams have changed against them is they're starting to switch off on screens. Instead yeah. of trying to fight through them, they're starting to just switch, right? It's a lot of teams are doing th- that. Yeah. So that's they, been a big thing. You, you'll you
0: see that they do that to the Rockets too. Like, uh, yeah, it's huge, man. Because Curry and Clay, their specialty was run, you know, running around, the off-ball screens. And if you guys remember in the past, I know it's, you know, three, four years ago. And, you know, these big bodies would just be standing there. They'd go around it. Boom. You hit them wide open for three. Mm-hmm. Well, now people are just going around the big bodies. They're not letting them get open for three. They're pushing pushing them in. Remember when Katie said the gimmick defense?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He was talking about basically what he was saying was they're pushing Curry and Clay inside the three-point line, which isn't their comfort zone. Right. You know? Yes, they can hit mid-ranges, but not... That, you know, that's not what they practice. They practice threes. So a lot of teams are just playing them differently. And you could see it in the drop-off. Go look at the regular season stats. You know, last I checked, Clay was down, I want to say, like, six points of his regular season average. And Curry was, like, five. Mm. And I think it's even worse now after, after that game.
1: Yeah.
2: Because I hadn't looked three. since that game. Right.
0: But... And and it was funny because they were they were saying that the exact number they were minus, KD was plus. Oh. Like they were like minus 10 and KD was plus ten from the regular season. That's crazy. So he's picking up the slack. And I can't stand this whole well, they need to get back to playing Warriors basket. They're playing Warriors basketball. People just know how to stop it now. Like yeah. a yeah. lot of people think, oh KD, you know, he's holding them back. Like, no, dude. Like KD's the reason why they're in it. I guarantee that, and that performance by Curry was horrible, man. It was god awful. Like, and I don't like to hate on Curry. I like Steph Curry. You know, he's a fun player, and and he's really he seems like a really great guy. You know, I want to mm-hmm. see him succeed. So he's not like you know I hate Russell Westbrook, but he <laughs> yeah. had a Russell Westbrook moment. Yeah, like he literally let KD down. He let the Warriors down. It was really hard to watch. He was pressing. You could tell he had a uh, Clay Clay snagged the ball out of the air. And they had a three on one fast break, and Curry forced a layup and got blocked. Instead of handing it to Clay or KD, and all three of them were it would have been an easy dunk. So I mean, he's really he's pressing the issue because I I think he wants to you know hang in there with KD, but he's not on KD's level. Everyone's you know I've seen it forever. I think Corey's seen it forever, but now everyone's starting to see it. You know you're starting to see all these TV shows and all these podcasts saying. Wow, KD's just on another level. You know, he's right. way better than Curry. And the thing with Curry is, KD, every year on the Warriors, I feel like has excelled a little bit. Like he's, you know, he's reaching his prime. His ma- I think KD is the, the at his best form that we've ever seen, right? Mm, yeah. We can all agree on that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that being said, every year Curry's dipped a little bit. So I'm not saying he's trash. But when you got one guy, you know, even if you had them equal... You know, three years later together, there's still a shift. I never had them equal, but I'm just saying, even if you had them as equal players, they're sure as hell not equal anymore. Right. You know, it's not even close. And you could argue that Curry's not even a top... A lot of people are saying, oh, I'm taking him out of my top five. Yeah, you could argue that easily. Like, right now, who are you taking? Dame Lillard or Steph?
2: Right. Uh, To me, it's Dame. It's not even close. A lot of people are.
0: People are going to take Harden over Steph. You know, KD, Giannis, Kawhi Leonard... Yokage. Mm. Would you rather build around Jokic right now? I mean, the way Steph's looking, he can't create his own shot anymore. Right. Yeah. That's the biggest problem. That's what made Steph special was his ability to create off the dribble and shoot from anywhere. Yeah. Now he can still shoot from anywhere except for in clutch moments. But <laughs>
2: Except the free throw line, apparently. But his ability to create off the
0: dribble, like, you know, Corey, we were talking about this the other day, right? He's dancing around. He's not getting by guys. He's not able to create the way he used to. Maybe it's cuz he's 30 and he's not he wasn't super athletic. So a 30-year-old Curry is different than a 30-year-old
2: True. athlete. You know what I mean? You're going around those screens just a slightly slower, changes exactly Exactly. You
0: got one less step and you were already undersized, already, you know, you already had issues with stuff like that. It, it just changes everything. And now people are playing you different. They know they know your sweet spots, they know what you like to do. I feel like if KD is this Warriors team, you know, the way it is now, you know, they'll still be competitive, but they'll probably be a second-round exit, in Mm. my opinion.
1: Yeah, man, the weird thing with Steph for me, obviously, you know, I love KD, uh, but I'm really not biased in this at all. Like, I've always liked Steph with you as well, Um, but it just seems like he's lost his swag a little bit. Like, Steph's always kind of had this presence about him, right? This Mm -hmm. swag to him, this, like... You know, part of the Splash Brothers. Like, just that dude that's just, like, super fun to watch in general. Like, I've always just loved watching Steph Curry. He's, like, a young kid that's just doing something we've never seen. Um, And I just don't feel like I get that from him anymore. You're right. Like, even, you know, we don't get that getting a guy dance and breaking his ankle and then hitting a sweet three or getting him to back up and almost fall over and then take him to the hole and make a sweet layup. And then he shimmies a little bit and then he does this and that. Like, it's very rare that we get to see any of that from him. And we're used to seeing that you know, multiple times a game, you know, and it's like, Mm. I'm not really sure what it is about him. I mean, I know we've always, you know, we've seen him kind of go missing at least a little bit in the playoffs, but I feel like yesterday just seemed like a different level, not only offensively, but then you know, I brought this up when I talked to you earlier. It's like that defense on Eric Gordon at the end of the game. You have Eric Gordon who's already hit what five, six threes during the game. He's obviously lightened it up. He's yeah. been very efficient throughout the series. A dude that you really have to pay attention to. And Steph, a shooter of all people, should know when another shooter is hot, you can't let him get open. And I felt like Eric Gordon had just a wide open. I mean, it was maybe a twenty six footer. It was barely outside the three point line. And it's not like he was way out there. And Steph like closed them out with this just like super lazy, relaxed defense. Like, well, I'll kind of get a hand up. That it to was me, almost like one of those ones. cost them the game, right? And like, then and Eric Gordon nails it. Like, I feel like it's one of those ones where you just kind of get a hand up to make it look like you're kind of playing defense and. uh and when you're a liability defensively and then you're not you're shooting what what was it 7 for 23 or something like that wasn't it Mm -hmm. yeah and when you're shooting those numbers on the offensive ends and then you're putting in that effort defensively like to me if you're a gamer and you realize you're kind of screwing us on the offensive end like I'm giving everything I can to make sure I help us defensively like let's still get a win I'm going to be all up in Eric Gordon's grill and then you're lazy on that end too like what yeah. I don't know what that's about. Like, where's Not that coming from?
2: Yeah, you got to make up for it somewhere. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, so game three, you kind of put it on Steph Curry. You know, 7 of 23 from the field, you're right. 2 of 9 from 3. 1 for 3 from the free throw line. 3 turnovers, 5 fouls. Didn't score a single point in the fourth quarter or overtime. Yeah. But uh, even just besides game three, you'd kind of mention it to Pete that overall the problem with the Warriors isn't that they're declining or falling apart as much as the rest of the league is catching up. And I think we might have read one of the same things or something. There was a write-up for that, and it was really well-detailed and interesting. i I, I got to look that up again. But, I mean, yeah, the, the 73-win Warriors could steamroll through the regular season and stuff because they had perfected this newer style that they had. And Bing now that. look yep. at the Rockets – are literally built to beat that team. That's how they're put together. That's right. how they play. You know, and so inevitably, it's all just going to catch up to that sort of thing until the next swing in the league. You know, um, whoever, uh, whatever it's going to be. Who knows? Maybe it's going to go back to you know Twin Towers stuff or something, like, and do right. big men or something like that. Well, I, I can't wait. But you know, it's even if they were playing just as well as they were or better that's still not going to be that much further ahead of the competition in the NBA. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll give you something, too. You guys will will love this. So, you know, people think Curry's in his prime, right? 30 is usually still part of your prime years. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, what, 27 to 32, 33, something like that. Is when people play their best, you know. But let me give you some examples here. We can all agree Chris Paul has lost a huge step, right? Oh, yeah. right. Okay, it's so tough, man. tell me this, though. Chris Paul is checking Curry, right? Five years ago, Chris Paul was on a meme every five seconds when he tried to guard Curry because Curry was breaking his ankles. Yeah. So you're telling me back when Chris Paul was in his prime, Curry was cooking him. You guys remember that? Right. Mm-hmm. Remember all the dribbling around and Chris Paul's looking stupid? Yeah. And now that Chris Paul's out of his prime, Curry can't break him down? Like, think about that. Curry, well, you, Curry used to make Chris Paul look stupid. And now you're not seeing that at all. You
2: well, can't thing, get by Chris Paul. To Corey's point from earlier, Chris Paul, when he's been failing on the offensive end and when it looks like he's lost a step, he still puts in some work on defense. Too, yeah. That's for sure. But he's always Unlike, been a really good yeah, two-way player. really he's been a really good defender. So, Curry used, so to cook, Curry used to cook Chris
0: Paul, one of the better defenders in the league, when he was still young. He used to remember. He used to cook him up. Remember, we'd always be like, "Damn, yeah, like yeah. that was sick." Drop now him. he's not. He can't even do that. And Chris Paul's old now. Yeah. So I mean, obviously Curry's lost something. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's weird. And I think the thing too that drives me the most nuts about the way that that game kind of finished up it was it was just like, you know, and I like when a team, you know, KD similar to Dame is he likes to see his guys get going. Right, Dame will allow CJ to get going, and I know Kevin Durant does that a lot for Steph Curry. But I felt like yesterday, even stuff that, that Steve Kerr was drawing up, which you brought up you know, when we were talking about this, is it seemed like they still wanted to go to Steph late. It's like, dude, just give the ball to KD. Let him isolate. Let him back down you know, PJ Tucker or let him come off a screen and get isolated on like Austin Rivers or Eric Gordon or something and let him back one of those dudes down. And then they have to double off him or just let KD go to work and – you have the most efficient player in the NBA. How in the world is this dude not having the ball the whole time at the end of the game? I get that it's always kind of been Steph's team, but at some point you got to realize that it's not anymore. And and it's going to be tough for Steph. I don't really, you know, I don't blame him. It's always tough when an organization's been yours the whole time, and I think maybe that's part of the reason he's lost his swag. Is Steph's kind of feeling like Even though even my fans know that it's KD's team now, but at some point you got to let that go and you got to be a team and you got to realize what it it takes to win, and that is KD getting the damn ball at the end of a freaking game, man. Like, especially when you're cold, if you're shooting and you're having an efficient night, then all right, attack, go try to be a closer. But when you're seven for freaking 20 at this point, stop, just give the ball to KD. Go help your team. Go make some back screens. Go make some back cuts. Open the floor up for Clay. Maybe find yourself tucked away in a corner, and KD will find you when he gets doubled. But, dude, stop with this. And then on top of that, you can't even make a layup? Damn, man. You can't man.
2: make six, <sighs> Bro, that was six so layups. Bro,
0: that was so hard for me to watch, man. All those missed layups and just... It, it, what's crazy is, like, as much as I don't want to say that KD and LeBron have almost like followed identical paths it it feels that way like even though katie's achieved more with his stack deck than lebron ever did with his stack deck i mean if you think about it like what happened when lebron first went to miami like him and wade were like argued no man these two are like equals Mm -hmm. and then towards the third fourth year it was like Damn, LeBron's way better than Wade. Right. You know, well, and Wade, it's almost similar. Yeah,
2: gave him room. Yeah, after that. First yeah, he season. gave him like, room, but obviously no, Wade had lost a
0: step. You know yeah. what I mean? He got a little bit slower, a little bit. You know, he couldn't handle the long season. And he recognized it. It's the yeah. same shit almost. I feel like it's like KD's way better than Curry, and no one realizes it because they keep winning. Winning. They, they said this, you know, during the game, like winning masks. Bad performances.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, had they won that game, we probably wouldn't even care that Curry missed six layups. Yeah. Nobody would probably even be t- you know, they'd be laughing maybe a little bit, but it wouldn't be as big of a deal. Right. You know? So because they keep winning, it, it never matters, but a lot of a lot of people don't realize, you know, how great KD is. And that's the biggest thing that people I think a lot of people are gonna realize this season. And I was telling Corey, this might change the course of what KD does. Because you know, had they won a championship, right, and Curry and and KD played at a 10 and Curry played at a 9 and they were like, you know, oh, they're, they're the one-two punch and KD wasn't getting the full credit. But this might be a different year. This might be the year where Curry sucks and everyone's like, wow, KD earned that ring because Curry yeah. did not help him, right? <laughs> yeah. This might be that year. And if that happens, You'll if, that, time. if yeah. that narrative happens, think about it. If everyone gives KD the credit he deserves and you don't hear all the trolls, that might change because KD's a very deep person, dude. And if that's the case, he might say, shit, man, maybe I should just stay here. This is my team now, you know,
2: and go for four. You just don't know, you know, like especially if they're going to get rid of dream on two or something like that. The NBA I'll stay.
0: The NBA is rooting for Curry. If you're a Portland fan, if you're any other fan, you're rooting for Curry. Because you want Curry to play good so Katie gets less credit, which would (laughs) mean Katie would want to go. Yeah. But if Katie gets all the credit here, let's just say Curry plays like this in the finals, in the conference finals, because I mean Dame is gonna be checking Curry and I I don't picture Curry boogieing on Dame. You know what I mean? It's gonna be the same shit.
1: Yeah. It is. So if Katie if Katie leaves, obviously I hope it's out of the west, like get as far east as you can go. (laughs) Like Get yeah, out of could, here!
2: They could start a team in London. You know, yeah, you can go over there. Yep, that's perfect. <laughs> Play in your own conference over there.
0: You know, one thing that we can put to bed is who's the best player on the planet. I know I've had to argue with Harden fans, with Greek fans, and all that other crap. But go look at the numbers, and I told everybody: playoffs is what matters. Mm-hmm. Playoffs will show you who's the best. You know, there was like, oh, well, Curry's average of twenty-seven and Katie's average of twenty-six. That means Curry's better. <laughs> we'll go look at the playoff numbers. Curry's averaging 22 yeah. and Katie's averaging 35. Mm-hmm. Yep. Almost 36 points a game. And then a wow. lot of people are telling me, Katie can't average 36 like Harden. Uh, he's doing it in the fucking playoffs, which yeah. is way harder. So don't fucking tell me he couldn't do it in the regular season. Yeah. All right?
1: Yeah. No, oh, that's a great point. Um, what about on the opposite side? with with Harden. I know I, you know, I don't really love to give this guy credit very often, but I felt like for, for once in a while we've seen mm. in the playoffs at least, we saw Harden have that swag that I talked about that Steph used to have, man. He just it felt like one of those ones where I was like, okay, I think this one's going in. Harden's pulling up in overtime. Yeah, this one's going in. And I, I I usually don't feel that with Harden in the playoffs. Yeah. And yes, they just felt like one of those days. He got to the rack. He was hitting his floaters. He was doing all sorts of things. And uh he gets you that know.
2: mean mug look on his yeah, face. Yeah, you gotta give him off. props, yeah, man. <laughs> Even as you know,
1: his interview after the game, like he just felt like, you know, man, I'm back. You know, like it was almost like regular season harden came out to play, and it's like you know, are we going to see more of that, or is is he going to show up in Game Four again? Because um, what I saw yesterday from a man was very impressive. He's almost as good as Dame now in in in, in that game. Here, as <laughs> at least. Not yeah, quite.
2: He had like forty one or something, right? Yeah, he yeah. had forty one.
1: It was a good game, man. Yeah. I got to give KD him credit. Forty six. Yeah, I mean,
0: he am <laughs> <laughs> nah, just joking. No, nah, yeah, Harden balled out, dude. It was fun to watch. I like watching the Harden KD battle, dude. It was just it was so cool. Like, I mean, yeah. these two were. Former teammates, you know, obviously the two better teammates than Westbrook, even though the organization <laughs> chose that bozo. And uh, yeah, it was it was fun to watch. One funny thing I thought though, I watched the post game interviews. Was I'm not 100 percent sure how this like exactly what happened. I don't know if they were joking or what, but Chris Paul was like giving mad props to KD, and like Harden got pissed.
1: Really, and, I didn't yeah, even see that.
0: He said he said something under his breath, and Chris Paul's like, "Chill, dude, chill. Chill, chill." And I was like, I was like, okay. oh. Because Chris Paul is basically like you know, but Chris Paul's smart, bro. If you notice, Chris Paul's taking the approach of ass kissing. He doesn't want to give them any bulletin board. I, I you know he probably didn't even right. want to kiss Katie's ass, but like he's he's literally like, dude, we cannot fuel these guys. We well, want them to out, come in
2: sleeping, going out and complaining about the refs after game one. Like, well, that didn't work. That didn't do anything. That right? backfired That's for sure. That yeah, backfired yeah. That because the it, opposite.
0: It gave them. You know they didn't. They the best ML, way to beat and then the, the warriors refs
2: did a perfect call of game 2 it seemed like as well and it's like well you got nothing now but the Katie war the you can't beat the Katie
0: warrior Katie war version of the warriors 4 out of 7 you can't if they play all 7 games at the highest intensity right the way to beat them is to get beat them you know 2 3 out of the, two two or three games Where you outplay them, right? But then you catch them sleeping in a game the way the Clippers did. Where they come in with whack-ass energy. And they could have had that, like you said, in game two maybe. After that first win, they might have came in with less intensity. But because of all the crying and shit, they came in hella focused. Mm -hmm. you know. So the best way to beat the Warriors is to have them
1: basically beat themselves. I mean, that's just how it is with a team that's really, really good, you know? Do you feel like – so let's say Harden continues to ball. KD obviously is going to continue to do his thing. Um, but do you think if we continue to see, let's say, Eric Gordon completely outshine Steph and Clay, which he has and he did yesterday, he was massive. Do you see there being a way, I guess, like you said, with them slipping a game, but do you see there being an avenue, I guess, to Houston winning this, or do you not feel like that at all? I, I the The main reason why – if you ask me who has the better offense,
0: I honestly think Houston has the better offense. I really do. I'll take Eric Gordon right now over Steph mm-hmm. from what I've seen in uh, three games. Eric Gordon's been way better than Steph. He doesn't need the ball. Harden's still able to ISO cook and not have to worry about, I got to get Eric Gordon the ball. The way KD has to fill to get Steph the ball or you're going to hear the narrative – Oh, they're running through KD. They need to go back to Warriors basketball. You know, it's just like he has to get him involved. It's it's a must, right? So the in terms of offense, Chris Paul, too, he shot eight shots. He said, I don't care. I'll shoot. As long as we win, I don't care how many shots I shoot. See, Clay and Steph, they want to get their shots up, you know? So like those guys are buying into whatever role they have to do to win. So I do love that. But here's the big problem I have defensively i feel like warriors are light years ahead of houston
1: mm-hmm.
0: when they bring out that death lineup or whatever the hamptons five yeah. they call it the rotations are on point and they came out the like honestly they look fast kd they was the only one sometimes. that i thought was playing with that playoff intensity and he usually tries to do it every night and that's why you'll see kd ball out in a lot of game 3s where everyone else doesn't because they're up 2-0 and everyone else is kind of like you know cruising and I just don't. When when the Warriors play that great defense, the you know the rotations and all that bullshit, and they're all focused, they they just can't be beaten. I I don't think so.
2: So uh, so so if you're if you're Steve Kerr, Pete, and Curry's having a bad night like he was in Game Three, what are you doing? What are you gonna do? What do you? I promise you this.
0: Steve Kerr has no problem going to KD. He's done it a million times. Well, I
2: mean, you get a like. Is there a different lineup that you'd be doing? Would you be at that Hamptons five and then what? Just tell them, hey, give up the fucking ball. I think, bro. (laughs) If
0: if if you told me you're going to run the offense strictly through KD in the fourth, I think their best lineup would be with Jareb Cohen
2: and Curry on the
0: bench. That's just how I feel from what I've seen. I bet if we looked at the. The minutes that those guys, those five have played, I bet you it's like off the Richter. you know. But they haven't played a lot of minutes. It's a small sample size. Sure. But they have no weakness. Here's the problem. If you watch the game, hard, who, who, who's in attacking? Who's Eric Gordon attacking?
2: Steph well, Curry. if he's
0: on the bench, yeah. who are they going to attack? It's going to be really hard for them to score. You know what I mean? So that's one of the biggest problems I see is, is uh, everyone's trying to attack Steph. You know, he's got that tiny body. You know, a broken
2: finger
1: Broken you know? finger <laughs> I said, I feel like the interesting thing And why Steve Kerr probably does Continue to like Try to Even last night Try to get like Steph involved and going And I've seen like times Where you know Steve Kerr is that That coach that's really like Motivational and really like Pulls him to the side We've seen videos You know where he pulls Steph to the side And Steph's head's down He's like hey You know Shoot or shoot Go do your thing I trust you You're my dude All this stuff Like a couple years back Right yeah. I feel like it's probably so tough for Steve Kerr because I think when Steph loses his swag like we've seen, I feel like Steve Kerr almost sees Steph as like his son at this point, and it's like he feels like it's partly his responsibility. And if he pulls Steph out and's like, "Hey, it's not your game," unfortunately, I mean, it sucks because as a like coach, saying, sometimes you got to do that.
2: You. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> to a guy like Steph, right? To a lot of other guys, if you do it to Clay, I think Clay's cool with it but Steph for some reason is kind of that dude that like you have to constantly pat on the back. And I feel like with Steve Kerr like he's right, always sure. had to do that for Steph. Like you got to, you know, with KD and and you know Chris Paul, I feel like it's this type of dude and a lot of, you know, Clay and and a lot of dudes in the league you can, you can just be honest with them, but I feel like Steph is not and I feel like this is probably a really tough time for Steve Kerr because he he probably knows in his mind God, I got to just give it the ball to KD. Like KD's yeah. my dude. I got to get him this and that. But he's probably, like you said, if it was 2-2, it probably would have been a different thing. I'm, I'm 100% sure. It would have been a different thing. I since it's 2-0, he's like, okay, this is my chance to maybe feel get Steph like, back and going and make him get his swag back. And I can give him an opportunity. Maybe he can hit a big shot for me and stuff like that. But it sucks because... I mean when you're coaching in big moments man you you can't really worry about I guess trying to make everybody happy but that's a tough
2: balance right And that's not to it say that It would be that, tough Because coaching him has been great obviously yeah. It's just like you're saying this is a tough time to be doing it Cuz right? even as a coach right you're the coach And you might be a little bit tougher of a dude, right? a little more stern of a
1: dude than than Steve Kerr, but you're also a guy that that has a massive heart, and I know you would really care about the dudes that you've coached for a long time. So even in your mind, let's say Steve Kerr, or you're the coach, and you know that the lineup with Jurepko late is the best chance for you to win, it would be so hard (laughs) for you to still make that move. Oh, of course. Knowing that
0: Steph is who he is. Yeah, like that would you just be so the hard for you to shooter do. Of all
1: time, well, it's just
0: like when on the bench. we were talking about the. <laughs> yeah. it's just like what I was telling you with the four overtimes. Like it would have, I bet you anything, it would have been a much better move if they would have started the second unit, right. fresh legs. They probably would have ran through Dame and and CJ's tired legs, or vice versa. Portland's young legs would have ran through Denver's slow legs. Right. So a lot of it is, you know. Here's the way I look at it. Do I think Curry made a mistake? Yes. Can I see why he made the mistake? Completely. Mm -hmm. He's up 2-0. In his head, he doesn't think Curry's going to miss the dunk and layup. So, you know, technically, it wasn't the worst ideal in the world to go to Curry. He just choked. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? No one's predicting that huge of a collapse, right? right? So let's just, you know... So a lot of it is KD's rumored to be leaving, right? Do you want all your signature moments to be KD with at the face of your franchise? None. No, so yeah. this, this <laughs> was the one opportunity in a close game on the road. They're not favored to win it. Houston was favored to win that game. Everyone's expecting them to lose game three or the series is over, right? No one comes back from 3-0, yeah. right? Especially with home exactly. court advantage. So this was the game to implement Curry. You know, let him let him win one, and everything would have been great. If you lose it, you're two one. Now you go into game three or game four, and you say, "I ain't making that mistake again. I'm going to KD." If that yeah. moments come up like that again, it's uh, like, and, and so. it's gonna
2: be burned into Curry's brain too. He's like, "Yeah, you're probably right." <laughs> you <know? laughs> it's like after six missed layups, <laughs> I understand, Coach. <laughs> but and at the same time, like you were saying, it's like. I mean, even if uh, – just imagine how you're going to be feeling if you do run that lineup, pull Steph out, and you still lose the game and you have Jarebko on the floor instead of Steph. That's yeah. probably not going to feel Everyone. very good. <laughs> yeah, you, you, but,
0: For Here's the thing, you know, for coaches. If they play their starters and lose, it's on the starters. Right. M- more than the coach, right? The only time Usually. you get
1: blamed –
0: but if you do something crazy, even though you know that that's probably the better move, if you lose that way, you're done. That's a great point. You're crucified. So you can't even... Like, just like the four overtimes, they had to play their starters, right? Because whichever coach sat, Dame yeah. or Jokic or any of those guys, and if that coach lost... Now that's the headline. It's like
2: a game of chicken. Why
0: did did the coach sit this player, right? It's like... Hey, Pop sitting Tim Duncan. Yeah,
2: That was probably one of the only only times we've seen that happen. Because
0: Pop is smart. And I bet you anything, if Pop was coaching Portland or or Denver, he would have brought in the bench. I bet you anything. And he would have played the bench heavier minutes. I guarantee it. But there is a huge difference here. Pop has a way bigger leash. If he if he loses yeah. that game, yeah. he still don't get yeah, fired. Greg Popovich. Yeah. <laughs> they, did lose, so,
1: they did lose that game. Yeah. They
2: lost. Yeah. The and he got he did get
0: crucified. Yeah. He did get. Blamed. But he'll never lose his job. No. You know, any other coach would have got fired. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like seriously. Sure. And all the fans would have hated him. Yeah. So, but I thought Pop's decision. He's had a lot of smart decisions. People, you know, they don't always work. And the thing is, is when you do those things, nobody cares, right? If Pop does that, brings a second unit, and they win. It's not I'm
2: like what a what genius. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but you're the goat if it doesn't work. You're the you're the yeah, you know, yeah. you're the scapegoat. Yeah. So it's it's low risk or it's high risk, low reward, you know. Yeah.
2: So I can see for a coach, yeah, I can see why he doesn't do it. Well, winning is the biggest reward either way, so if you're looking for a great deal on authentic NBA jerseys and apparel, you've gotta use the NBA store. Limitless Range has partnered with the NBA Store to get you big discounts on real NBA gear, including up to 60% off all clearance items when you visit LimitlessRangePodcast.com slash store. Don't search the internet all day for cheap knockoffs or used jerseys. Get real authentic apparel at really great prices and support Limitless Range while you're doing it. Visit LimitlessRangePodcast.com slash store today. And get everything you need to rep your favorite team. LimitlessRangePodcast.com/Slash Store. So, staying in the Western Conference pretty much for this entire episode, which is fine with all of us, let's talk about the game that you went to, Corey. You went to good. a game of all games. What did what, you do on Friday night?
1: Oh, man. Got to the hotel, ironed <laughs> both of my jerseys. It's
0: <laughs> still said iron.
1: Well, because I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm pretty superstitious. So actually in game four against OKC, I started wearing my red. I have a red Lillard jersey and I wore the red Lillard jersey for the first half. And he played like shit. <laughs> so what did I do? I went upstairs and I grabbed my black Lillard jersey. Mm-hmm. I put it on and they balled. So I had to have both jerseys prepped. Right. Okay, because you guys gotta, you guys gotta remember. Last time I went to a playoff game was last year when when we got smacked by the Pelicans. Mm. And I was basically crying. What in What were you wearing
2: tail. when uh, when he hit the shot to take care of the Rockets a few years ago? I think his uh, one of his.
1: Old one of the first white ones. Okay, a, a white color okay. jersey. So, so um, <clears throat> so yeah, so I got both of my uh, jerseys ironed. The hotel went down to the game. I was there with my pops, and then I went there with my step brother, who's never been to any professional game, but he oh. he's actually a Lakers fan. So, oh. you know, props to you. What a game to go to. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I'm down to go. And then my nephew, who's a big time basketball player, he's 15 you know um lebron fan so i guess i don't know Ugh. what's going on with both of those two but anyways so got to experience <laughs> like, it with them. Offs. wow got to experience it with them man and uh yeah it was just it was just amazing man it was just great to be in that arena um to be honest with you i told pete this last night when we chatted this is my i think i'm pretty sure my favorite blazer team that I've ever rooted for. I yeah. just feel like everything about them, man. Like I just, you know, even Caner, he 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 got an interview the other day, and he's been balling out. He got an interview. He's like, this whole organization, the fans, the teams. He's like, I think he even said the senator of Oregon or the governor or something. He's <laughs> like, everything about this city. Is the best thing that's ever happened in my basketball career. Wow! And it's just like he really and the, looks like he's liking and, it. That's he, for sure. And he just loves it, man. And I feel like the fans, dude. Every time Cantor does something, they chant Cantor. It's like they want them to know. Like it's like they want Cantor to know. Like, dude, we love you, man. And then you got you know when Dame's not having a great night, which I I felt like he didn't have the greatest night. Um, you know, he allows CJ to just ball out. And then you get CJ balling out. You get dudes off the bench who ball out. You get. I just feel like it's just a really fun team to watch, man. And I felt like that game um, was just unbelievable. Obviously, you know, everyone who got to watch it, even from home, was saying how just ridiculous it was. So, yeah, imagine being in the arena with the fans going crazy and just, it honestly was the most electrifying game I had ever been to. So, I got to, you know, go to game six, as you brought up when Willard hit that shot. And I think that moment was probably the loudest I've ever felt it. But for like an entire game, that was by far. I mean, I'm talking the first bucket. I was like, holy crap, dude. This is just unreal. Um, but I mean, just to break down the game a little bit, I just felt like it was super cool on both ends. You know, obviously, I would have been really depressed if Portland would have lost, especially <laughs> after four overtimes. I barely, I don't even have a voice at this point. Um, and uh, I'm like, trying to sit down every time there's a timeout so I can get my my heart rate back to where it's supposed to be so but to to give it to Denver man when I'm watching I felt like it was just a freaking war which was so cool because before the game started they started with this like all the rain looked like it was coming down on the screen and they're like weather the storm and they were announcing the game and all this stuff and it just felt like a battle from the first second and then you see in overtime, you got a big ass Jokic who looks like he's ate way too many biscuits to be out there in the freaking fourth <laughs> overtime. And this dude's playing sixty-four minutes. You got a veteran in Millsap who's like, dude, this shouldn't this guy be like on the bench or sleeping at this point? <laughs> he's still making fadeaways and lefty layups, doing crazy stuff. You got Jamal Murray who looked like he was on one leg by the time the second overtime started. I was just like. Dude, whatever happens in this game, both teams, it was just an all-out war. It was just a battle. Props out to Denver. You know, if we have any Denver fans that listen, man, I know we've got a question from Denver at one point, so we probably do. I just feel like, man, props to your group as well, dude, because it could have gone either way, man. Um, But fucking Rodney fucking Hood, man. As Pete talked about with making a decision, Right to bring in a bench player, which I was hoping they would do earlier. When I saw Jamal Murray was on one leg, I was like, "Man, Dame is tired." Dame like kept tried. I felt like feel like doing it. And he did at the end of the regulation and in the end of the first overtime. I think he made a great drive, a, a clutch bucket, a layup, um, which obviously Steph Curry doesn't know how to do. Um, <laughs> so he was able to do it. But I wanted to see them bring in a bench player, and I guess Rodney Hood was talking to some dudes at the end of the bench, and he just said, "Hey." If they give me a chance, man, I'm gonna end this. And I don't know if Terry heard it or what had happened or why this got all of a sudden changed. But all of a sudden, I guess a little bit after he said that, Terry's like, "Hey, Rodney, you know, get in there." Goes in there, back to back, backs up. Jamal Murray hits two big buckets, and then just man to hit that dagger three. Man, the the Reno I, at that moment was almost as loud as Game Six, dude. It was unbelievable. And uh yeah, dude, I just I'm so excited to be a part of it.
2: I always like to ask, uh, so I mean, man, it's a fantastic game you went to. Looking at the other team, you were talking about the Nuggets are pretty great and see him what what do you think about seeing Jokic in person? That's the first time you've seen him play in person, right? Yeah. Like I is. mean he was a monster, of course, and it's Jokic. Thirty three points, eighteen rebounds, fourteen assists, two blocks. He did play a little sloppy Had eight turnovers, but uh, yeah. His what's The stats are nasty. It's man. crazy, yeah.
1: Watching him play is so weird, dude. Yeah? I mean, it's, I'm sure it's the same way you guys kind of see him on TV, but you get to see it a little more in person. It's like he doesn't look like he even belongs out there, right? Like <laughs> everything he does looks so unathletic, like even trying <laughs> to get rebounds and stuff. But it's like.
2: Gets it done, huh? He
1: just gets it done, dude, and he draws so much attention, especially with us not having Nurkic, you know, and Cantor, you know, as great as he's been in this series, he's not the greatest defender, and I got to give him props because he's playing through an injury as well, and he's Mm -hmm. battling. Talk about the war. I mean, he's, he's out there doing everything he can, but as soon as Jokic gets the ball, dude, it's all eyes on Jokic, dude. Everybody's trying to poke. Everybody's trying to get in there, and his vision is unbelievable, dude. Like there's some times where like he would back a guy down and I can, I'm seeing the whole court from where I'm at and he'd make a pass and I'm like, Holy shit. I didn't even realize there was a guy there.
0: That's, that's what I was trying to tell you. It's like, I know I hate to reference 2 K, but you know how you talk about skip passes.
1: Yeah. He's the king. It's unbelievable.
0: So basically what happens is he has it down to where if a guy cuts, he already anticipates the help and is already skipping it to the corner. He's so good at that. So like if the, you know, if his wing cuts in, He's great at anticipating the corners helping on the cutter, right? Mm-hmm. Because the guy yeah. gets beat and he's already anticipating it. And he's like three seconds earlier. We're, we're not even processing that step. Right. Yeah. So we're looking at the cutter. We're like, oh, it's going to, is he going to hit it there? Is he going to shoot it? And he's hitting the corner like, whoa, that that guy? From? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's an uncanny ability. I've, I've very rare, like magic had it, but, mm-hmm. um, I you know I haven't seen I don't think LeBron has it. Am I you know what I mean? LeBron's a great passer. Yeah. But I've never I think Jokic is a way better passer. And yeah. Like that he, anticipation
2: is his anticipation passing,
0: passing is yeah. what makes it special. You know, guys like LeBron and stuff, they're great at being doubled and hitting guys. And mm-hmm. you know, sometimes LeBron makes some incredible passes. But to me, the best passers in the world are the anticipation
1: passers, mm-hmm. the guys yeah.
0: who can think three steps ahead. You yeah, know it's the
1: it's said. the timing of those type type of passers and mm-hmm. Jokic. It's like the pass he makes looks like the pass is going to the cutter. It's like that's how perfect the pass ends up being. Yeah. It's like he doesn't wait to where Portland recognizes that he's probably going to the corner. It's like at the perfect moment where you think for sure he's going to the cutter, and it goes like right past the cutter's head to like Gary Harris standing in the corner. Well, and see, you're that's, like, holy that's, shit. That's what makes
0: it special, right? Because if he, if he's already thinking, and that's thinking two steps ahead, right? Right. Because if he passes it at that moment, what does that do? It makes the corner, like you said, the corner's thinking like you, what well, you're thinking. Yep. He's hitting the cutter. So he's catching the guy stepping this way, and the pass is coming in, so team. he can't recover. Because he just took a step this way as the ball's flying, a great point. thinking that it's hitting the cutter.
1: Yeah.
0: I told you guys about skip passes. Dude, if I was the coach, and they didn't even make this adjustment. But you know, the, you know, know, granted, Warriors didn't play that great of help, D. In in game three, but I remember I was saying Harden needs to skip it to the corner. Yeah. What's happening is every time Capella rolls, you know Clay when he picked it and KD they're cheating heavily mm-hmm. to the to the roller. You have to hit the corner. Yeah,
2: and you got to have more confidence, your guys hitting him too, because every once in a while he he he. Uh... There were a couple times where he could. Guys like P.J. Tucker were like missing corner threes every once in a while. I will say Especially that, Especially these with the- first couple games. And it's like, God, you got to nail those. And then, but a, and then they're still going to be yeah. available. But, but imagine how wide open he'd be, right, if, if Harden had a little bit of Jokic in him.
0: Yeah. I guarantee you, if Jokic was Harden right now, same IQ. That corner three would be hit constantly. Yeah. And here's the thing. Here, here's the main thing about it, right? If he skips it to the corner, what does that do? That helps Capella. Yeah. because now that those guys are going to cheat as hard. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So Cape- that's why Capella's been shut down. The corners dropping and they're not making them pay for it. And why not? you know, what are you going to do, dude? If, if you're you see KD and Clay, they're cheating heavily because they're not hitting the corner. You see what I'm saying? For sure. So it's such a simple thing. If he timed it like you said like Jokic did, whereas Capella's rolling and you think he's going to get it,
1: you go whoop and hit the corner. The guy's going to be wide open for three, I promise. I guarantee it. Yeah, man, I would actually, you know, to continue answering your question, Doug, I feel like Jokic actually played a a good enough game in the way he played for his team to win. Unfortunately, just like you said with P.J. Tucker— Gary Harris, as great as he was defensively on Dame in this game, he missed a lot of wide-open threes. Monte Morris missed a lot of Mm -hmm. wide-open threes. Torrey Craig missed a lot of wide – like there was a lot of times where I was like, oh, what the – oh, okay, he missed. Come on, where's our rotate? Oh, okay, he missed. God, what a pat. Okay, he missed. Like there was a lot of times, especially the first half, where I was like, damn, we should have got diced up a little bit more than we did. And uh, it just didn't show as much because they weren't knocking them down. Like if they were knocking them down, it would have looked like, God, dude, Jokic is just tearing this team apart. Um, so yeah, man, props to the way Jokic plays. I I, I hate watching him live, to be honest. It's just yeah. ugly, dude. I mean, huh. I love the way he plays, but just like just watching it, dude. I don't know. It's well, just, in
2: this era of really beautiful basketball, too, it's it kind of funny. goofy, man. Well, but he's a beast. Back to your team, then uh, a guy that hasn't even come up. Uh what do you think about your boy CJ McCollum?
1: Dude it was so awesome to watch what he did man because similar to like the kind of the conversations with, you know, it being KD's team and Steph not getting credit or vice versa with Steph's team and KD wasn't getting enough credit or whatever like I feel like sometimes I feel bad for CJ because even myself as a as a massive fan has said like at times like You know, I really wouldn't mind that much if we traded CJ for somebody like, you know, or Paul George or something (laughs) like that, you know, but good God, man. I'm just so happy for the dude, man. I'm proud of him. He, he carried us, dude. It wasn't Dame in this game. It was absolutely CJ. Um, He does a lot of things where you're like, God, is he really shooting that? And he makes them, man. Those where he puts just he dips his shoulder a little bit into somebody just to create a little bit of space. And he just hits those middies after middies after middies. And then he pulls triggers some threes just with confidence. This night, like I felt like, holy shit, CJ is just confident. I wish Dame had a shot. I think it was the first overtime maybe. Um where he had a shot with four seconds left or whatever, and they gave it to Dame. And I don't know what the conversation is. I don't know if CJ said, you know, Dame, you're our closer, if that's just what Terry went with. But I would have liked CJ to get the ball in that moment. I feel like as much as I love Dame and as clutch as Dame is, I just felt like it was CJ's night, man. And I felt like CJ deserved to get a game winner. So I wish they would have gone to him. But all props to him, man. If it wasn't for as well as CJ played, we would have lost that game for sure.
2: He was was awesome to watch, man. Well, for both of you guys then – uh after this grueling for overtime win does it uh change your mind about the series at all i mean i think did both of you guys have portland winning this already or does it give you more confidence does it solidify your view what 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 do you think pete does this change anything you know
0: it's this is a really tough series to pick i this is two of the most equal teams i've seen you know i mean you probably got to go with portland they got the home court they, you know, like Corey said earlier when we were all chatting the, about Yoke is playing 64 minutes. You don't know how he's going to play. And if they lose game four, it's pretty much over. You know what I mean? You have to think being down 3-1. And it's not like, you, you know, it'll it'll say 3-1. But in your heart, you know, like, wow, this has been like a 2-2 battle. You know, it's just, yeah, you know, Portland just kind of got the edge there. And it would be really hard to beat Portland, I feel like, if they go up. Three one, and I, I'm thinking they probably are with home court and Jokic coming off 64 minutes. It's probably not gonna be moving up, moving around as good. So it, it, it's gonna be really interesting to see. But I, you know, I, I gotta tip my hat off to CJ. I, I give him, I've given him a lot of flack over the years too, but he's really shown up. And uh, you know, Corey likes to give hot takes with Harden versus Dame. Uh, you know, I'll give you a hot take. I'll take CJ over Westbrook right now,
1: sure. straight up.
0: If sure. I had to start a team,
2: hell yeah. Uh, rip city. And you know,
0: honestly, right now. <laughs> I'll take. I might take playoff CJ over playoff Steph.
2: Oh, okay. So, Love it. Rip city, <laughs> know, man.
0: I'm just saying, like CJ's balling out. He's creating. He can create off the dribble. He can create his own shot. That's not what I'm seeing from Steph anymore. So yeah, if you ask me who's a better spot up shooter, yeah, Curry's probably the better spot up spot up shooter. But if you're asking me if I need someone to go create a bucket, uh, CJ's doing a lot better job. And you you guys want not talk about Dame's clutch three that he hit? That was all created by CJ. CJ drove it to the right, broke down the defense, drew three guys, and hit the corner. The corner then hit Dame Lillard on the wing, and Lillard hit that wide open three. Created from CJ's penetration. Mm -hmm. We're not getting that from Steph and fuck Westbrook. I mean, I don't don't even know what to say about what he does, but... I don't know, man. It's just, you know, playoff basketball is so different. I'm done hearing all this regular season bullshit. I'm not even going to grade anyone on the regular season anymore. I just don't care about the regular season. It's about playoffs. Show me what you can do. CJ's balling. Dame's balling. KD's balling. Those are the guys that are stepping up. Jokic is balling. Jokic is another guy. I've always loved Jokic. one of my favorite players. I mean, I play the post. I'm a great passer out of the post. So no one admires Jokic's abilities more, more than me. Actually, I've learned from him. You know, I went to Gold's... The other day, and you know, so I should have known this because I do this in two K. But me and Terrence, you know, we run the pick and roll. We kill, we kill the pick and roll like it's money. My my biggest problem with running the pick and roll with Terrence is, is every time he'd roll, I would always give it to him, and a lot the corners would start to drop. Now I'm I'm realizing, you know, when Terrence rolls and the corner drops, I'm just skipping it to the corner, wide open three. Mm-hmm. Learn, you know, I basically oh, learned Jokage. that from Jokic. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, it's so simple. It's like the basketball knowledge you, you know, you can learn from just watching that guy is crazy, you know? So now it's like, even my game got better just off of watching Jokic. I'm like, oh my God, that's That's what I need to do. I need to skip it because every time Terrence rolls, he, you know, he's so, Terrence is so, you know, he knows his abilities. He's so great. He's pulling the whole
1: entire defense in and all you got to do is just hit the shooter, you know? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I, uh... To answer your question, Doug, it doesn't really change the way I'm with Pete on this. These two teams are are unbelievably just like perfectly matched. Man, it's 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 a great series to watch. I won't be shocked either way. I'm I agree with Pete. I you know, I feel like Portland has a little bit of the advantage being at home. Both guys both teams are going to have legs tired. Portland's best guys are guards, they usually can recover a little bit faster than a big guy. So True. when you got a big that's played 64 minutes <clears throat> and then when you're at home, you know, even if you're not having the energy, you have your crowd that can give you the energy. You know, and Jokic and Jamal and those guys aren't going to have that to pick them up and be like, "Hey, let's go for our fans, let's do it." So, I really hope they grab Game Four. It's going to be massive. If they do, I definitely think uh, Portland. I still have Portland at six. I think that's what I predicted. So, um, that that's where I'm going with it. If they lose today, man, holy crap! Game five and back in Denver becomes crazy um but i just man i love to hear pete's hot takes on cj as well it's like kind of like how Pete's finally getting validation for KD man and people are starting to recognize this dude is the best player in the world some stuff that you know my co-host over here Pete Podlo's been saying for a long time the rest of the world is finally recognizing the things that this dude's been saying for a while and I feel like the same thing is happening for Portland right mm-hmm. it's so cool because it's in the moment and people like I feel like a lot of people forget what they said two weeks ago you know not Pete but a lot of other people analysts guys in our fantasy basketball chat basically just every goddamn Portland hater out there who mm-hmm. said Portland can't get past the first round. Nurkic is out. Portland's got no chance. Portland really ain't that deep. Dame don't have no help. All these things that these dudes have been saying that I'm like, man, I just love this team, man. And... For them to start getting some credit, you know, CJ is getting credit. I heard some analysts the other day, I don't know who it was, that said they felt like Portland had the best bench in the NBA. I'm like, what? (laughs) Where's everyone coming from? You know, and so it's cool to feel that people are starting to see what the chemistry of Portland can do, man. Because I'm just, I'm telling you, man, this team. I think has the best chemistry in the NBA. Just a family, the way they take take in cancer. Yeah. After Rodney Hood hit that three, I was telling Pete they played a uh, "Where the Hood, Where the Hood, Where the Hood," at. and the whole arena, man, was just rocking. It's like everybody who comes to Portland, man, just says like they love the way the organization's run. They wait. They love the way Dame runs things. They just. It's just one big family man and every I follow them all on social media dude and they're just always joking with each other always having a great time and and I follow a lot of a lot of NBA players and I just don't get that vibe mm-hmm. from other teams dude and I just I love that these guys are starting to get credit man I just love it because before this before the playoffs a lot of people you know besides us would have taken Westbrook by far over Dame most people would have for sure taken Steph over Dame and miles ahead of CJ. And just off of this last series and now three games into this series, it's like, People are are starting to talk like, man, is Dame top five in the NBA, you know? And he made the all-NBA team last year. And still nobody's – most people this year were like, nah, I don't know if he's top five in the league. Wasn't he top five in the fucking league last year?
2: Yeah.
1: Well, actually, people were
0: hating on the fact that he made all-NBA. Right. It was like – People voted on it. It was stupid. And now
2: this
1: year, now that the playoffs is going on, right? Because before the playoffs, everyone's – most people, at least, Steph should get – First team over Dame, and now that the playoffs is going on, Shit. I've seen a lot of people say, "Man, I got Dame in my uh, my All NBA. I think Dame should have had, you know, should get All NBA <laughs> this year." But That's it's how just, it goes. it's just cool, man. I'm just oh, proud yeah, of him. I, I, I you love know, to see him you say credit.
0: that. I've heard people being like, "I actually thought Kevin Durant should have won MVP for the regular season." I'm like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: it's
0: like no way, dude. All y'all motherfuckers were saying Curry was the yeah. best player on the team. Like well, now, everyone's over here like, it's just funny how they flip flop.
2: It's true, though, the way that this Portland team plays, the way that they, I mean, Dame and CJ, all that stuff. I mean, they're turning me into a convert, especially having Cantor on the team. That stuff, it's just, you can't not love this team. They're so fun. And Dame is just an awesome guy to root for. Yeah, I was going to ask that. I'm no Portland hater, you know that. But it's like, I I, didn't, they were my favorite team by any stretch. I was going to ask both of you guys
1: that. Like, I don't know if it's just a biased feeling, you know, because I've had this feeling for the team. Like, just from an outsider's perspective, because I know you guys don't, like, follow all their freaking podcasters and all the blogs <laughs> yeah. and all the players. I yeah, get that. I don't that, follow you know? them
2: all on Instagram right So, anything. from
1: an outsider's perspective, like, do you guys get that feeling about this team as well? Like, looking at the chemistry and just the way they treat each other? Like, do you can you see that from an outsider's perspective? That's
2: what I'm saying. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Like, I I think so. And I've heard people talking about it, too. Like I said, I mean, if other people listen to podcasts and stuff, Bill Simmons, he's been going on about that, too. Especially because of Dame Lillard. Yeah. But a lot of people, it's like, man, you know what? I've always liked Cantor too, and it's like now he's finally found the spot where he's really fit in and liked and stuff like that, and the, and just a home crowd like that helps too. You can hear him on TV. I, That's big time. I mean, dude, honestly, Portland's
0: arguably my second favorite team. Yeah, you know, like I mean, I hate That's when so. people say I have two favorite teams. I don't. You know, I'm not saying I have two favorite teams, <laughs> but if I had a gun to my head and I had to pick a second team, it'd be Portland. You know what yeah. I mean? So like. Yeah, dude. I've, i I mean, two years ago or two years ago, I I told you we picked dark horse MVP candidates, and I picked Lillard. Yeah, remember that? You're like, really? Yeah. Like, damn, bro. All right, cool, cool. Okay. I was like, yeah, bro. I think Lillard's a baller. I think he's gonna kill it. And he was my dark horse MVP candidate, and yeah. he was in the MVP talks. Yeah, we you know, and you were like, damn, bro, good call. remember. Yo, so huh. I mean, you know how much I love Lillard. You know how much I've always respected Lillard. I love the way he is, his personality, his style, his swag, his clutchness. You know he's amazing. Um, Cantor's one of my favorite players. Just his personality—he's cool, man. He's down to earth. Um, I didn't like CJ. I'll be honest. You know, probably because of his beef with KD. But you know, I find out that they're <laughs> friends, and, yeah. and he's bombing out. <laughs> and you know, I was probably just overreacting on that. I can admit it. And then also I feel a defensive
2: about it.
0: Also, uh, Rodney Hood, dude. Yeah. You know how good it, I love see. You know, I'm, I've been rooting for Rodney Hood and George Hill all playoffs. Because they played with LeBron last year, and they were bums who can't do shit. <laughs> played with LeBron James. No help. So, I mean, like, now they're over here helping two organizations win. Go look yeah. at George Hill's numbers. Go look at Rodney Hood's numbers. Yeah, They're not bums, bro. Not everyone wants to stand around and be a fucking spot-up shooter while you cook, LeBron. <laughs> Seriously. Let Rodney Hood post a little bit. Yeah. Let him go to work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, people don't understand that. Everyone thinks LeBron makes players better. That's not true. LeBron... LeBron makes spot up shooters better. But LeBron, he doesn't make LeBron post players better. LeBron makes
2: players make him better. Yeah.
0: He does, so well, they, no seriously, <laughs> this is a real basketball analysis here. LeBron does not make post players better, and LeBron does not make guys who like to create off the dribble better. He yeah. doesn't. Is he a sharp shooting 3 that will space it for a guy who's dribbling? No.
1: He's a guy that likes to penetrate. Is that good for a post player? No. No. Yeah. So, Dame makes players better. There you go. Love that leadership, man. Yeah, I love it, dude.
0: Let's talk about sure. before we get off though, we should we should just quickly run down um all the other teams.
2: Run the East real think. quick. Yeah,
0: yeah, let's just do it real fast.
2: Okay. Um All right, what are you thinking about this uh all right, Sixers Bucks?
1: Huh?
2: Sixers aren't
1: I playing mean, the Sixers bucks. bucks. Sixers bucks. <laughs> Sixers I was like and then I, mean, I almost, said, like, I almost <laughs> said magic. <laughs> I don't
2: know what it is. Sixers Raptors.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Go ahead, Pete. Yeah, dude, uh so I picked the Raptors and um I saw game one. I love the fight. They lost. I was like I was impressed. You know, I'm like, okay, they're on the road, but they played really good. They masked Simmons. Brett Brown, really blown away with this with what he's doing. Amazing. He's found ways to run the offense and mask Simmons not being able to shoot, you know. So that's mm-hmm. impressive. Granted, partially is uh, Toronto not making the adjustments they need to do to make them pay for having Simmons on the court, but Jimmy Butler's balling. Butler and uh, I didn't have it. Didn't take Game Three for me. After Game Two, I I thought Philly was gonna win it. Wow. I saw Game Two. I was talking to Trey. Trey was saying Toronto's gonna go to the finals and win. And, uh, you know, and he's bragging about Kawhi Leonard, and I told him straight up, I was like, Philly, I think, is going to win the series, bro. And I, and I and this is coming from a guy that picked Toronto after mm-hmm. game two. You know, he's like, bet me then. So I bet him. <laughs> so after game three, I was they feeling understand. a lot better about yeah. that bet, you know. Because, I mean, after game two, I feel like Philly's going to win, but you're not, like, confident. Right. Yeah. And then game three happened, and I'm like, okay, I'm feeling a little more confident here. Jimmy Butler's balling out of his mind. It's just weird. Even though Kawhi Leonard's amazing, He's not. Here's what's crazy. This is a big thing people don't, you know, people never understand. They 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 give these guys this two way title, right? And like we all know Kawhi is an amazing defender. But guess what? When the team runs through Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili, you get to exhort more energy on defense. That's facts, you know? Kawhi Leonard was a defensive specialist. You know, go watch OKC play. Guess who was guarding um, you know, Kobe in the playoffs? It was James Harden. James Harden was known as their best defender. Why? Because he was coming off the bench, and he was not running the offense. KD and Westbrook were running it most mm-hmm. of the time. So he exhorted more energy on defense. Now people laugh at the fact of James Harden being a defender. Yeah. So watching Kawhi, I'm, his defense sucks. Like, he's not doing anything to stop Jimmy. And it's like, if, if they're going to win, they, they got less talent. If they're going to win then Kawhi has to live up to the name of being a superstar two-way player. Yeah. He's bringing an offense, no argument there. He's the most he's more efficient than KD. He's the most efficient player in the playoffs right now. He's shooting uh 55% and almost I think it was like 49% from 3. So th- that's super impressive, man. Can't take that away from him. But we need to see some of this defensive player of the year, you know, all this stuff they talk about. I haven't seen no impact on defense. And honestly, right now, I think KD's the best two-way player in all of basketball, in my opinion. So that's why I think Philly's going to win. Good take. Jimmy Butler and the pick and roll between him and Embiid, yeah. it's nasty. For
2: yeah, sure. for, with the way that the, the rest of his team is playing right now. It's so like Kawhi would literally have to play like Michael Jordan for the rest of the game. Yeah, what's game. his name's He'll doubtful? Uh yeah. Siakam's doubtful. Yeah. That's
0: so, a, yeah, so. that's
1: gonna be a big Siakam doubtful for today is I haven't looked. I'm assuming he's not playing. Anytime I see someone's doubtful, I usually assume unless a miracle happens, they're not playing. So if he doesn't play, man, in game four, that's huge because he, he's been the second best player. There is no damn Kyle Lowry. Uh, honestly, we need to stop we need to stop putting Kyle Lowry He makes the all-star team usually because he's in the damn East. But we need to stop putting Kyle Lowry in this all-star credibility. We need to stop putting him on that pedestal, man. Because in all Mm -hmm. honesty, he's more like the fifth best player on a roster.
2: Who would you rather have on this team, Kyle Lowry or Patrick Beverly? Patrick Beverly. 100%. Beverly, yeah. and it's not even and it's close. it's like saying that at the beginning of the season, people are like, no, you got to have an all-star Kyle Lowry there. That's
1: and Dude, it, so we got to stop thinking he's going to be that. And maybe he needs to stop putting some of that pressure on himself. And if people can, I guess, stop putting him on that pedestal, maybe he can play a little bit better because he's not even close to living up to what he's supposed to be. That's um, That's huge. And to talk, talk, you know, go off what Pete said about Ka- or Kawhi Leonard. I know, I, obviously, I've, I've hated on Kawhi for a while about some of the things he does. But when it comes to a team trying to get to a championship, this is why I feel like Kawhi Leonard can never be the guy because not only the great things that Pete's talking about, how it's taking away from his defense and stuff. If you have your best player and he has I've been saying this for a long time. He's got zero leadership ability, like zero. And I know there's, you know, lead with your play. And there's a lot of players that do that. You know, guys like Klay Thompson lead with their play and that's fine. But Klay Thompson's never been the dude on the team. When you're Kawhi Leonard, if you're the guy, every single, every once in a while, you got to go be like, hey, let's get this. Kyle, I'm going to hit it to you. You're going to knock down the shot. Danny Green, good shit. And that's not Kawhi Leonard. And you cannot win a championship without a leader. He was great, like Pete said, in San Antonio because they had Tim Duncan. They had Tony Parker. They had dudes in the locker room that were leading the damn team. And they have and Greg he, Popovich. And they had Greg Popovich. <laughs> but now it's like nobody's going to listen to Lowry. No. I would say Siakam is probably the dude that's like trying to lead the group, like, "Hey guys," and I just feel like it's really hard if if Kawhi Leonard can match up with a great leader and a great like player next to him, and and he can just be a great defender and kill it, be efficient offensively, he he's probably gonna he he could get to a championship. But if this dude's got to be number one, man, I don't think he's ever gonna be able to get there.
2: Well, let's uh, let's get to the other series. Let me get these teams right boston and milwaukee there you go the milwaukee magic am i right (laughs) right
1: yeah man that that (laughs) series has been interesting we talked about it last week you uh pete had uh milwaukee i think you had milwaukee in five um which is possible um i don't think it's gonna happen i had boston but man what i've seen the last two games for milwaukee has been impressive man what in game one exactly what I talked about on the podcast last week with their inside presence defensively for Milwaukee allowed Boston to hit crazy amount of threes. And I was like, man, they just made me look great. You know, this is exactly <laughs> what I just said. Milwaukee's going to give up. And God, Boston tore. Paul Pierce came on like, this series is over. I mean, that's just ridiculous. But... uh yeah, man, I've been I've been proud of what Giannis has done, come back. You know, Chris Middleton has been great. A bunch of guys. You know, George Hill has been good. Um, Connington. Yeah, dude. Which is crazy because, man, Connington was on Portland's bench when everybody was like, Portland has nobody. <laughs> like, damn, now Connington looks like a freaking stud <laughs> for them. Yeah. So, um, but, man, I, th- I think at this point, it, I mean, if, if Boston doesn't win game four, it's over. Flat out, it is over, right? If they go down 3-1, night-night. Um, but I do think Boston's gonna take Game Two. I predicted it. Boston six. You mean three? What? What did I say? Game Two. You're good though. They gotta win Game Four, is what I'm saying. I don't know yeah. what I said. My bad. <laughs> but no, anyways, you said I um, think Boston's gonna win Game Two. Oh my bad. Ga- I meant Game yeah. Two at their place, but Game Four. Yeah, my bad. Oh, um. So they gotta win that game, and I think they will. And I had Boston in six, but I'm actually gonna change it. Boston in seven.
2: Mm, what do you think, Pete? You changing anything? No, I mean you had you know, Milwaukee win. Right? Here's the thing:
0: bracket? when I saw Game One, i I wasn't as discouraged as most people would be. Like, like, like how, you know? I told you guys when I saw Philly, I was like, "Wait, Philly played well Game One." You know, I didn't expect that, and they won Game Two. Right, right. So. The 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 feeling I got was just Philly was the better team. When I watched Game One, it felt like it really felt like Milwaukee was just playing stupid. Mm-hmm. And when I see when I see a team playing really stupid, it now becomes: Are they going to fix those little things? Giannis was forcing like crazy. They were collapsing on him, and he wasn't hitting the shooters. When I see that kind of shit, it's like. It doesn't mean to me that the other team was the better team. It just means that the superstar got caught up in the moment, was trying to make too much happen because there was a lot of open guys he could have hit. Mm-hmm. And the film will show that, the film showed that he made the adjustments. You know, I think I think I just think that Milwaukee's the better team, you know, right now. Kyrie's amazing, Boston's amazing. Kyrie's a dope closer. And honestly, you could argue that Kyrie is as important as Giannis and as and as good. But when it comes to the help, I feel like I love Al Horford. He's amazing. He would be the second best player. But, you know, Jason Tatum, I'm just not really blown away like everybody else is with this guy. Like, no. he's a little overrated. You know, Brown's overrated. And then you got guys. And, and, and here's the difference. This is the huge difference. Giannis has more help, right? I'll take Bledsoe and Middleton over Tatum and Brown, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the huge difference into why I think Milwaukee's going to win, because Bledsoe and Middleton are better than Brown and Tatum, and they buy in more to the fact of deferring to Greek, even mm-hmm. though they're they're closer to being a star. I mean, Middleton's an all star,
1: right?
0: And you got two guys over here. When you're watching Tatum, you could tell he wants to hit, be the guy.
2: Every time he does something, it's like you
0: can tell he's like, oh my God, he's trying so hard to be the clutch guy. He's trying to look
2: like Kobe. Yes.
0: So you got guys that are worse that feel like they're on the level of Kyrie, which is never good for a team.
1: I still think Milwaukee's going to win this in six. You know, just as you talk about, you know, with front running, I feel like that's exactly what we're talking about with Boston. We've seen it during this season. Yeah. i feel like when they're playing well they look like one of the best teams gelling but the problem is they can't get through adversity and they're facing adversity and as you said i feel like that's that could be their downfall for sure yeah um, but man great great podcast as always fellas i'm glad we got this one in man mm-hmm. it was hard for me to wake up dude i'm still trying to catch catch some z's after that <laughs> game man but uh another great week of basketball to come man and uh look forward to chatting about it next week we uh shoot we could know. At least Uh, a team, or we could know what the conference finals are by the next time we chat about this. That'll be fun. Mm -hmm. So, man, I freaking love you, Rodney Hood. (laughs) As usual, Rip City. See you.